I don't know why I'm doing our theme music when I'm going to put it in. Here there we later. go. It's Rowan and Pine. <laughs> aren't, aren't you guys so grateful that we just got some royalty free music online and didn't sing our own theme song? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It would have been so bad if we were singing the song. My name is Neve and that's Emily. And welcome to Rowan and Pine. <laughs> Beautiful. It just bad harmonies and everything yeah with some random guitar in the background that i can't play it would just be off it would not match the like singing at all definitely not (laughs) it would be so wonderful yeah you're welcome (laughs) you are welcome and you're actually welcome to roan and pine yeah welcome to roan and pine my name is emily and my name is Neve, and it's december and it's december and we're making a podcast when did we first start recording this was it in like may I think so. For June? I think we started recording in May, and I think we didn't release anything until June. Look at us go. Yeah, look at us. Hey. We've actually... I don't, let's see if we can make it a year. It'll be pretty impressive. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm making my audacity small so I don't just have to look at the the sound bar, and I can actually just look at you. Because this is an Emily episode. Neve doesn't have to read. Fuck all. Yay. <laughs> I have to read all. <laughs> I don't know. Who would have thought, like, back in school when they were going around the room making you read out, like, random lines that this is what we were training for, Emily? You yeah, know? for real. Reading aloud. Yeah, and, like, researching and stuff. Although, to be honest, my favorite part of school projects was always researching. Yeah, same here. And then, like, telling people who don't really give a fuck all the stuff that you found. Yeah. And you're like, no, this is cool. And you're like, mm. Yeah, being like, did you know? <laughs> Everybody's like, I don't care. <laughs> I was just going to say, is there anything worse than telling somebody a fact that you just found out and they either don't care or they already knew? Just do the polite thing and pretend. And you're very excited about it. Just be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, pretend you're talking to a three-year-old and just say, wow, that's so cool. (laughs) Was there like a meme a while ago? It's like, no matter who you are or what station of life that you're at, if a toddler hands you a toy phone, you have to pretend you're having a conversation with somebody. (laughs) That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, but if they hand you food with their sticky poop fingers, you can reject it. Or something they've already chewed. We're not baby birds, okay? It's very sweet, but I, I feel so bad when kids are like, here, you want some? I'm like, no, I'm very full. I cannot eat anything else. <laughs> I had some like air pie earlier. It was amazing. And especially like all the years of being a nanny. I'm like, I see where you put your hands. I, You will not be touching my food. i was just gonna say some people never grow out of that because you see people at like the supermarket with just their hands down their trousers and just like you're in public disgusting (laughs) and bad children don't get presents from santa oh shit (laughs) oh snap i'm so good at these uh what segways transitions (laughs) yeah so tell us tell us about the children and about santa and about presents we like presents we do like presents The characters that I'm going to be talking about today are, I wrote them as Santa Claus-like characters because it's like there's similarities, but they're not the same. Santa adjacent. Santa adjacent. So I have in Russia, there's the, forgive me, just, yeah, up at the top of this episode, I really want to, I want to say and really stress that there's a lot of languages in here that I don't speak and try to get the pronunciation as accurate as possible, but... I don't speak these languages, so it might not come out that well. But I'm going to try. 
And if you have a correction, just send it to us on Instagram in a voice clip, just shouting whatever it's supposed to be with no context whatsoever. And we'll try and figure out what the hell you're talking about. That'd be fun. (laughs) That would be really fun. I'd be like, wait, I think I talked about this at one point. So yeah, these are Santa Claus like characters. I have the, in Russia, the Zed Moros. That sounded Russian. Yeah. In Iceland, there are the Yola Svenar. They're also known as the Yule Lads. Yes, lad. <laughs> in Italy, we have La Befana. And then everybody's favorite, Krampus. Yes. So these are the characters that I'm going to be talking about today. Have you heard of any of these other than Krampus? I only heard of La Befana because you texted to me and said that you were thinking about doing an episode of La Befana. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is, but yes, please. But no, the Yule Lads, never heard of. And that other one, the Russian thing that I don't know how to say. Never heard of that either. Tell wow. me more. Throat demon <clears throat> coming in hot. This throat demon's the throat here. Throat demon has arrived. So our first guy is actually the most like Santa Claus, Zed Moros in Russia. It translates to Grandfather Frost. Oh, that's cool. I like that. The roots are in Slavic mythology. During the Soviet era, communist authorities banned Zed Moros, but he later became an important part of Soviet culture. Which is pretty interesting. Oh. Instead of giving gri- gifts on Christmas Eve, he gives gifts on New Year's Eve. So you That's have nice. a little extended fun if you also believe in Santa Claus. Cool. So if you're like, you grew up with like, say, one Russian parent, you might like, that would be cool if you got like two sets of, <laughs> of presents. Right. Like if you live in the US and your parents Russian and they're like, no, we have this guy. You guys have Santa. Although I feel like with it's been memed to absolute death, but with how harsh Russian values are always portrayed to be, I feel like the presence from Zed Maras would be all practical stuff, like <laughs> a hammer, <laughs> boots for the snow, <laughs> a scraper for your car. <laughs> Very practical. I can't even You're imagine. not allowed a toy. <laughs> you get coal, but it is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, this will warm your house. <laughs> You get cold so grandma does not die. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russia. We love you. We don't love your leader as much. Oh, sorry. This is only from a TikTok source. So like, <laughs> probably not true. Me and my TikTok sources. Uh, somebody <laughs> made a video earlier to say that uh, there's a video of Putin. Put- Putin. <laughs> <laughs> a body like pudding. <laughs> there's a video of Putin falling downstairs and shitting himself. What? Yeah, apparently this is recent. And then... <laughs> And now they're calling him Putin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I'm not going to verify this because I want to live in the reality where this is real. Yeah. So, um, so if it's fake, don't tell. <laughs> yeah, don't tell us. Don't ruin the whole mythology of it. That's of so Putin. funny. Putin. Have you seen the <laughs> where he's on a Ritz cracker and it's Putin on the Ritz? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, stop. Somebody made it. It's like a gif and it's like the Ritz cracker is like a wheel. And he's like on it and it's like rolling. <laughs> it said Putin on the Ritz. Oh my God. I love it. If he wasn't such like a war criminal, um, it's really funny to make fun of him. You weren't a terrible person. So back to the Zed Moros. Kind of looks like Santa. He wears a red or blue fur coat that is nearly floor length. He has a semi-round fur hat and wears felt boots. So like the the semi-round hat, I was like semi-round hat. It's basically just like a little hat like on top of his head. So it like covers the top of his head. So it doesn't have like the tail like Santa has? No. (laughs) Okay. You all missed it, but Neve was just like (laughs) shaking her head around. 
As if I had a Santa hat. Yeah. Like, sweeping it. Flipping that little pom-pom around. He is often riding a troika, uh, basically a sled, but it's led by three horses. And the horses are like shoulder to shoulder in a line. So they're just like oh. straight across. And the horses are always all snow white. A man of style. Yeah, he's real fancy. I like the idea of his felt boots and like a long fur coat. He's got the felt boots, the fur coat. Like if he went to a gay club over Christmas, <laughs> he would just be absolutely slaying it with his white horses. Slaying it. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly related and a slight segue. Do you know what the Irish for Santa is? I don't. Daddy Nanulug, which means Daddy Christmas. <laughs> which is also perfect for a gay club. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably like a drag queen, not a drag queen, but a drag king being Daddy Christmas somewhere in this country. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, just slay, slaying all day. Yeah, the overlap of Christmas and queerness is pretty cool. <laughs> in East Slavic cultures, he's accompanied by Snigurachka, which translates to snow maiden. The snow maiden is his granddaughter and his helper. So it's kind of like his little sidekick. Oh, sweet. She wears long silver blue robes and a fur cap or a snowflake-like crown. She has rosy cheeks and a long blonde braid. Oh, she sounds like Elsa. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe Elsa was based off this character. Yeah, like her looks, because I think she's based based off that Swedish thing. Is it the ice... The Ice Queen? I don't She's know. She's based off that Swedish fairy tale. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Disney. Let's not attract any Disney adults here. They scare Uh-oh. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... Uh, heard theories about Disney adults, which is pretty interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, like a lot of childhood <laughs> trauma, and they probably turned to Disney for comfort, and now it's like into adulthood. <laughs> I can see that. I've heard that being said about Harry Potter. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But then some of them are just have no imagination. Like there's some of them on YouTube and you're like, you're a Disney adult. But like, I just feel like you don't know that there are other things to like. You're like, what else would I like? like <laughs> anything. Anything. <laughs> Rowan and Pine, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're just we're just offending everybody now. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're like 10 to 15 minutes into this podcast and we've got the Russian anymore. We've got Disney adult. <laughs> just turn this off. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Putting Putin. So the origin of Zedmaraz is from before Christianity. He was considered a Slavic wizard of winter, capable of freezing an entire army with a snap of his icy fingers. He was denounced as a demon by the church. He's said to have icy cold hands, so when people dress up as him, similar to Mall Santa's, they will stick their hands in the snow before meeting children so that it's easy to believe that he is actually just like this icy cold person oh. and that his hands are actually frozen. Oh my god. Can you imagine? That's a dedication, freezing your hands and being like, yeah. hello children. Especially in Slavic countries because like it's real cold there. So, I mean, but maybe they're used to it. I don't know. The late 19th century is when he made his way back into Christmas celebrations as the person who brings gifts and goodwill. So, very similar to Santa. Zed Moros and his granddaughter, Snigurachka, are said to live in a small village near Viliki Ustyug in the Vologda region, just a few hours north of Moscow. Hey, well done for getting through that sentence. Yay, thank you everyone. I'll take a bow. Unlike Santa, who lives in an undetermined area of the North Pole. So, Santa's secretive. 
Zed Maras is not. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you should all know that I'm going around giving presents. Yeah, so you can actually visit his house. Look at my amazing boots. <laughs> That's cool that you can go visit his house. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. So you can visit his house and see the toy factory. You can see the kitchen where his favorite food is made and his bedroom where he sleeps. Oh, The area sur- Yeah, I was like, I like saw photos and I was like, I want to go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there is something a little bit similar, like um, people take trips to Lapland all the time. Oh, okay. Um, and there's like a little, a little Santa's village. It's in the Arctic Circle. You can see the Northern Lights and all of that. It's like, yeah, proper Arctic Circle. That would be so much fun. Yeah. That's where I want to take my kids. I'll like have to save up our money and then be like, we're going to go see where Christmas is made. Yeah. <laughs> the area surrounding his house is a large enchanted forest with talking magpies, Siberian reindeer that are actually endangered, Baba Yaga, and rides on pechkas or stoves. Have you heard of stove rides? No. I don't I was trying to like follow up with this because like I I'm assuming it's like a folktale or something like a horse but it's a stove like as in like a stove that you'd liked yes I've never heard of this yeah but I just imagined um do you remember (laughs) after we're talking about Disney adults do you remember in the Beauty and the Beast when her dad was in this like weird like contraption yeah that he invented yeah and he got like shut in it and then like it like wandered off Mm mm-hmm I kind of imagine something like that. It's like, oh, it's a stove. (laughs) But there's also a large post office next to his house where he receives thousands of letters from children each year. And apparently Russia is still very passionate about Zed Maros and think that Santa Claus is an imposter. (laughs) So so much so that a a marketing specialist in Russia tried to sue Coca-Cola for putting Santa in their advertisements in Russia. (laughs) Oh, my God. And our boy Putin sided with him, too, calling it Santa propaganda. Oh, for fuck's sake. They're like anti-Santa? Yeah, pretty much. They don't want Santa in in Russia, apparently. That's so funny. I don't think that's everybody, but it's... um, The official stance. Yeah, I think people who are tiny, fragile men, probably. But it's also given me, you know, that whole phenomenon of, like, there was, like, a Soviet version of everything. And, like, even now, like... Ewan was talking about a documentary where, you know, the way Parmesan cheese, it can only be made in a specific place in Italy. And it's like, it's, they're only, they're the only place that are allowed to call it Parmesan. And it's similar to like champagne, like you can only make it in the champagne region. I did not know this about Parmesan cheese, but. Yeah, it's called like, because I had to do a course on wine um, in the place that I used to work. And it's called like a, a protected domain of origin. Um, it's like an EU thing. Okay. It's also uh, Scotch whiskey. You can't make Scotch whiskey anywhere but Scotland. Aren't there um aren't there tomatoes grown in Italy? San Marzano ones? They're, yes. They're grown on the volcano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like nobody else can call their tomatoes that. So it's yeah. it's that sort of idea. So Ewan was telling me that because like Russia has been such a contentious nation, especially over the last like 30 years or so, a lot of like European countries were threatening and especially like over the last year were threatening to stop like doing trade with Russia. So it meant that like they couldn't get Parmesan cheese or champagne or anything like that. So <laughs> what the Russians started doing was hiring people from all of these regions and paying them an obscene amount of money to make the Russian version of all of these things so they don't need to do trade with these countries. 
Is it really worth it? <laughs> <laughs> so like there's a Russian version of Parmesan cheese out there of champagne and all that. But this is what it's giving me. Like they made their own Santa. But according to Russia, he was around first. <laughs> yeah, they made their own Santa. And then they were like, also, we hate Coca-Cola. We'll make our own. <laughs> yeah. Also, fun fact, Fanta was invented because Coca-Cola stopped doing trade in Germany during World War II. So they decided to make their own drink and they made Fanta. So Fanta is a German company? Well, it's like owned by Coca-Cola now, but it was invented in like Germany. That's so weird. That doesn't really sound German to me. God, this took a segue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all fun facts. Yeah. These are product origins with Neve that you didn't ask. You <laughs> thought you were tuning in to stuff about different Santa Clauses. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I keep segueing you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> this next one is the Yolas Fenar or the Yule Lads. This is going to be a difficult one okay. because there are multiple Yule Lads and whatever language is spoken in Iceland. Is it called Icelandic? I think so. I think it is. If it's not, I apologize. Well, it's um, not like they'll come get you. There's only like 30,000 people there. so <laughs> They're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's not like they can form an army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They could, what are they going to do? But... <laughs> send Bjork? <laughs> Poor Bjork. She is great. Yeah, she's great. So the Yule Lads, they're all different names. They all have their different names. And so I'm going to try to pronounce them as best I can. They are 13 mischievous elf-like men who come down from the mountains to visit town on the 13 days leading up to Yule. For the 13 nights, children place a shoe on the windowsill of their bedroom so that the Yule Lads can place gifts inside the shoe. So kind of like setting out stockings for Santa Claus. Children who are well-behaved will get candy or treats, and children who are misbehaving will get a rotten potato in their shoe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's awful. The smell of a rotten potato. Jesus, I know. that haunt you. Well, Wasn't I telling you about how we recently had rotten potatoes in our kitchen? Yeah. And they're, like, <laughs> off in a corner where we, like, weren't really paying attention. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. <laughs> or the worst is when you're not expecting one and you reach in somewhere and you can just feel it and you're like, uh, uh, I just got chills. Uh, Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the Yule lads are part of a family that lives in a cave together. The parents of the Yule lads are, I should probably roll my R's there, Grilla. She's the mother. Lech Palui is the father. And then. They have a cat. It's the Yule cat. Also pronounced Yol Katurin. We'll call it just the Yule cat. <laughs> and the Yule cat will eat children who have not received any new clothes to wear for Christmas. The mom, Grilla, is a scary troll who is able to sniff out bad children so she can take them back to the cave with her and turn them into stew. The dad is said to be a lazy man. He just hangs out in the cave, eats his wife's food, chills, pets the cat, whatever. So What the fuck? Yeah. So it's like every husband on TikTok? <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all useless, partly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> Hilarious. Love it. Good for you. You don't know basic life skills. <laughs> and your wife is not your mother. The Yule lads, they're usually wearing traditional peasants' clothing, sheepskin, and wool. Sometimes dressing as Santa Claus imposters, they act like trolls, and they're named after the actions that they do, such as the doorway sniffer. Oh my god. Yes. Imagine coming home and there's somebody sniffing your doorway. Like <laughs> It gets better. It gets so much better. I thought you were going to say, like, 
You know, the way, for some reason, the first place my mind went was like the seven dwarves. You know, they're, they're all named after attributes. So I thought you were going to like, there's a sleepy one. <laughs> but not like slight pervert. This could maybe be where the seven dwarves yeah. came from. Because that would make sense, considering these are like, they're named after the actions that they do. And then the seven dwarves are named after their emotions. Yeah, <laughs> probably what they do the most. Grumpy. And then Doc. for like What the fuck was Doc? Smart one. They just ran out. They were like, we don't know. <laughs> what are other emotions? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I said it, but each, like, one Yule lad will come each night in the 13 nights leading up to um, Yule. So on December 12th, the first Yule lad will strike, and his name... <laughs> I love how you just lean back like a cackle, an evil cackle. His name is Stek Yastir, which is Sheep Coat Claude, which I don't understand that either, even though it's in English. Sheep Coat Claude. It's coat like C-O-T-E. Oh. He was said to harass sheep, suck milk from them, and was known, and was known for having two stiff peg legs. <laughs> listen, buddy, listen. <laughs> these, these Yule lads are something else. Okay, I like feta cheese as much as the next person. Sheep's <laughs> milk is not where it's at. What are you doing? Breastfeeding off a sheep, you yeah. big weirdo. You sicko. That sounds like a fetish. December 13th, our second guy shows up. Gil Yagur, which means gully gawk. He was known to hide in barns and steal the froth from milk buckets. Oh my god. That's kind of like a fairy thing though. I feel like fairies do that, so... Yeah, I'm getting, getting fey vibes here. Fey vibes from the gully gawk. But that's also like you have to be very quick because the froth's not going to stay there. It's like right after you milk a cow, there's froth. Yeah, you gotta. He's got to be a fast one. <laughs> <laughs> December fourteenth, the stuir, which translates to stubby, he was known for being unusually short and stealing pans to eat the crust that was left on them, or like the crumbs. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, depending on what it is. Right. If it's like if you're making like a skillet cookie, absolutely. I'm here for that. Eat the yeah. crust all you want. If it's like two day old bolognese sauce, go home. Okay. No. Like when bacon grease like coagulates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it goes like white. Yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I'm like, that's nasty. Oh no. December fifteenth. Lord help me. <laughs> Is Swish <first> Ligur. <laughs> Which translates to spoon liquor. Oh my god. Do you know what he does? (laughs) He's known for being tall, thin, and for stealing long wooden spoons to lick them. Why is it weird that he's tall and thin? Why is that worse? I don't know why that's worse, but it is. Slender man licking spoons. Oh my god. Is this supposed to be a fun tradition? Iceland. Yes. Iceland, no. Iceland, we need to have a little chat. Iceland, I know you have a weird version of Tinder to make sure you're not all related, but I feel like there are bigger problems here. Bigger than cousins procreating. On December 16th, the Potaskeville. I'm sorry, but when you say that, it just sounds like, is it Nandor who says, Basketi? <laughs> oh no, it's somebody from the original movie who says it. Basketi. <laughs> That's so funny. There's like a word in Spanish that like Medardo kept saying. And it sounds like uh, the country that Nandor is from. Oh. <laughs> El Conador. <laughs> like, Medardo, like, kept saying it. I was like, all I could think about is Nandor. But yes, so let me try to, like, 
So the Potaske Vil, he's the pot scraper. He's known to steal leftovers from pots, which sounds very similar to the guy who's eating the, the crusty stuff off the pots. Yeah, and also, well, I suppose there's a couple of days in between. So like the first guy gets there, he gets his little <laughs> harvest of pots. And yeah. This guy comes a couple of days later when people have cooked <laughs> another meal. December 17th is the Ashkas Lekir, is the bowl liquor. He was known to hide under beds, and when people would place their askur, which is a plate used for all meals, he would then steal it and eat from it. Sounds creepy. Like, why are you hiding under my bed waiting for my yeah. bowls? <laughs> they're Yeah, they're weird. The next one is like kind of creeps me out. So on December 18th, the hurla skedlir is the door slammer. He's the loudest one. He was known to slam doors, especially during nighttime. Oh, no. I don't like that. I wouldn't like waking up to my doors being slammed. I don't like that. Although, I am thankful that none of these, they all show up one by one. They're not yeah. all there. Like, you don't hear a door slam and then there's somebody under your bed, like in a plate. That sounds like too much. Somebody in your kitchen scraping pots. <laughs> that would not be fun. December 19th is the Skir Gaumer, which is the Skir Gobbler. Have you ever had Skir? Oh, like yogurt? Yeah. Oh. It's Icelandic yogurt. I love that yogurt. I just turned Medardo onto it. I was like, I've heard this is really good, and now it's like the only kind he'll buy. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. So the Skier Gobbler was known for being obsessed with the Icelandic yogurt. Okay, one last random like side story. Um, have you seen that there was a famous Am I the Asshole from Reddit of like um, this woman that was like, Am I the Asshole? My boyfriend's really upset that I got rid of his property. And you're like, okay, that sounds a bit unreasonable. And then she tells the story that her boyfriend is a collector and he recently reintroduced dairy to his diet and uh, he decided he really likes yogurt. So he started collecting yogurt. Not eating it? No, just collecting it and keeping it in their apartment. And she was like, it didn't really bother me. And then he bought a second fridge and then he bought a mini fridge to keep in our bedroom so he could keep his yogurt there. What? And she said the final straw was she went grocery shopping and she came back and there was no room in the fridge for her for their food because he had it full of yogurt. And then <laughs> and then so she like got really mad and she like threw out like a bunch of his yogurt so she could put their food away. And he came home and he like went crazy at her. He was like, you got rid of my property like you had no right to do that and all of that. And she's like, um, like, I'm starting to feel really bad that I like got rid of his property. Like, am I the asshole? And everyone's like, it was fucking yogurt. Like, it was going to go off. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was, it's called the Iranian yogurt. Am I the asshole? So if you look it up. And um, like part of it was like what, some of the yogurt was like really rare yogurt that he got from Iran. And she was like, how did you get yogurt from Iran? And he was like, don't ask questions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So um, maybe he's a skid gobbler. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> It was bad because like she, obviously she was feeling bad enough. Like he'd made her feel so bad about this that she was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, he probably is a skier gobbler. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably have to break up with somebody if they were like that. I'd be like, I, you know, you collect all the yogurt that you want, but I won't be part of it. Yeah. And she was like really defensive of him. She was like, you know, like he's a collector, but he's not really messy. Like he's usually really neat. And like most of his collections are like he has a room dedicated to them at his parents' house in another state. And everyone's um, like, um, <laughs> that's a horror. Yeah. And taking over somebody else's house for it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's rude. Please, if you're going to collect things, don't collect things that are perishable and will attract ants because that's how you get ants. You know how else you get ants? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you probably don't get ants from this, but 
on December 20th, the Fugnakreikir, the sausage swiper, is known to hide in the rafters and steal sausages that were being smoked. Apparently, smoking sausages is a really big thing in Iceland. And so this is like, it fits that there would be a sausage swiper. Yeah, well, I think in a lot of like countries where they're so far north, they do a lot of food preservation. Yeah, so that would that would make sense. Sausage swiper sounds like a a fun nickname for somebody in college. <laughs> this is Alana. She's my roommate, the sausage swiper. She'll steal your boyfriend real quick. <laughs> <laughs> On December twenty first, the Gluga Gair is the window peeper. Oh no! Yeah. He would peek inside people's windows to see if there was anything that he could steal. So he was just casing the place, this douchebag. <laughs> I feel like this is just some guy. <laughs> right. He's like, no, I'm a Yule lad. He's like, I'm fun. I'm cute. I'm a Yule lad. I'm not weird. And they're like, why do you have pliers? <laughs> uh, on December 22nd, we have the Gothafeir, who is the doorway sniffer. Good old oh. boy doorway sniffer. What are you sniffing? What what's to be sniffed on a door? Uh, a lot of people walk through them, so maybe he's just taking in all the smells. He's known to have an extremely long, large nose and an amazing sense of smell. He usually uses to seek out yummy some kind of food that I did not look up a pronunciation for. <laughs> like does he I take it he steals Probably. That after sniffing at the door. These doorway. all kind of seem like they're thieves in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, they're all they're all food thieves coming out of the hills and then like stealing food. Whereas like their parents have the audacity to stay in their cave and eat kids' stew. Yeah. Like this is just a really harrowing tale. <laughs> and the cat. Cat eats the kids who don't have new clothing for Christmas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a great family. On December twenty third, the key at Croker is the meat hook. He has a hook that he uses to swing in and steal your meat. Oh. Again, thief. <laughs> and sniffing your doorways. They're swiping your sausages and stealing your meat. On December 24th, we have the Kethtasnikir, which is the candle stealer. He's the one who followed the children around to steal their candles. Because like back when these sort of like myths or folklore came about, candles used to be made from lard. And so okay. another food thief, apparently. <laughs> oh my God. And that was all of the Yule lads. We got through it. Well done. Thank you. That's That's so creative, you know, Icelandic folklore. To have all these different Yule lads and like that they have a different purpose. Yeah. Each one. Like we're making fun, but like it's just that's fascinating. It's funny to like read it to you because you're just like coming into this in the dark completely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like because I was listening to a guy on YouTube. I should probably remember his name. We'll put it in the sources. Yeah. He does a lot of um, Icelandic pronunciation videos. And so he was telling the tale about the family with the Yule cat and the lazy dad and whatever and i was just like this is just so interesting that they have this folklore about they made up 13 different characters yeah on top of the mom the dad and the yule cat yeah and like can you imagine like being a kid growing up in iceland like once december hits you're just like you know there's something to look forward to every day like this is the day of like the sausage swiper. <laughs> I wonder if this was kind of a way for parents to get their children to help, like, clean up. Yeah. It's like, you better wash all of your spoons, otherwise the spoon liquor's coming. That makes so much sense. That would be really funny. Like, that's kind of the fun thing about, like, so folklore always gives you that sort of glimpse into, and fairy tales as well, they give you that glimpse into what life was like when they became, like, well-known. So, like, the fact that 
they're like looking for candles and all of that but it's also really like it's really equal like it's this will happen to rich families and poor families like anybody as long as you have like a doorway and a window and pots and pans like they'll come to every house like it's (laughs) it affects everybody so it's like this real communal thing the yule lads are the great equalizer (laughs) yeah the great equalizer there's more to dig into if you hear something on the show and you're like wow that's really cool like there's a lot more digging you can do yeah and learn even more about it we're just kind of like we're the sampler Yeah, and we're we're making fun of these things, but it's just like, it's like anything when you look back at it as an adult, something that's sort of geared towards kids, you're just like, what? What were these right. people on coming up with this stuff? Right. Next up, we have La Befana. The fairy tale version of La Befana is that, um, well, this is sort of like, uh, you know, when Christianity was like, we're going to change this to our narrative. Of course. Like how they made Christmas a Christian holiday instead of Yule, which I think we're going to do an episode about. So it is said that when the wise men were going to bring gifts to the baby Jesus, they invited this witch-like woman who was La Befana. When they first asked her, she said that she didn't want to go with, saying that she was too busy with her housework, but she later decided that she would follow them and bring gifts for the baby Jesus. In the Christian version, she lost her way and wasn't able to give her gifts to Jesus, so she gave them to the other children, like in the town instead. Okay. La Befana does not come on Christmas, but instead she comes on Epiphany. In Italy, the Christmas season lasts through Epiphany, and Epiphany is the religious feast, which is mostly celebrated by Italians. It's meant to celebrate when the three wise men showed up to bring gifts for BB Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it falls on January 6th. Many children in Italy believe in La Befana as well as Santa or Babbo Natale. Children hang stockings on the night of January 5th in an expectation of La Befana to visit. The stockings hang on windows or over fireplaces, usually along with a glass of wine or Christmas treats, such as panettone or other pastries. Oh, she's fancy. She's yeah, wine she's a fancy and lady. Oh, <laughs> she's my kind of girl. My husband also loves wine and panettone. Every year he's like, oh, like t- his parents will like always get one of those cakes like we'll go over there around christmas time he's like you guys got the panettone <laughs> and i'm like you're obsessed <laughs> so he's like la Bufana. he's a classy girl you know <laughs> <laughs> he really is <laughs> so the good kids get sweets and like other little knickknacks and stuff like that and bad kids get coal Ugh. always also, like coal. santa claus yeah <sighs> useful sort of not anymore though <laughs> Um, La Befana rides on a broom and she looks like a witch. You know, she looks like how you'd imagine a witch, like with the dress and like the head covering and stuff like that. She's covered in soot though. Okay. Because she's always going up and down people's chimneys. (laughs) Her origins trace back as early as the 13th century. Carl Ginsberg, who is an Italian historian, thinks that there is a possibility that Befana is an evolution of Perkta or Perchta. Have you ever heard of this no. person? Okay. So, I think it's Perkta. Perkta is an alpine goddess from the pagan age. She's depicted either as a beautiful woman, as pale as snow, or as a tattered old hag. Although, this can't be confirmed. It's just the the similarities and how they look makes it think makes them think that maybe La Befana is sort of like an evolution of Perkta. 
interesting you know when people complain about like that there are no like original movies or anything anymore it's all reboots and stuff yeah like humans have been doing this forever we reboot our like folklore figures we reboot our old stories (laughs) if we like something we'll just make it again (laughs) everything's a reboot yeah it's all a reboot Uh, other some other theories are that she is evolved from epana which is apparently the Celtic oh. goddess of horses, ponies, donkeys, and mules. Yes. Or she could have been Diana, the Greek goddess of the hunt. Neither of these connections are able to be traced, but they're just some more theories. Yeah. Next up, we have our favorite boy, Krampus. Yes. Do you know much about Krampus? Other than just like he's like a creepy, evil looking dude i feel like krampus has had like some sort of resurgence over the past like five years yeah there was a there was the movie i think it was yeah it was a movie was it called krampus yes there was another movie because i remember because i was looking for the movie with um adam scott because i knew he was in it is that the krampus movie yes i know i was looking for like links to watch it very legally online and um There was another Krampus movie, which was like very much like a B movie, like it was really, really bad, and it came out the same okay. year. So I think there was like two Krampus movies in the same year, but like, oh yeah, one was like with Adam Scott and like kind of like Hollywood people. Yeah, he kind of did get like a resurgence because of those movies. Yeah, which is pretty. It's interesting because um, uh, I'll get into it. Yeah, we'll we'll circle back. Okay. <laughs> In Central European tradition, St. Nicholas is usually accompanied by a mischievous sidekick. St. Nicholas is the nice guy who brings the gifts, and his partner is the one who brings coal or other punishments for bad children. For example, in Germany, St. Nick has Neckruprecht. <laughs> Sounds German. Yeah. Southern Germany and Austria, they have Mr. Krampus. Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw. Oh. Also, what you go through when you're on your period. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm just cramping. (laughs) It said that Krampus is the son of the Norse god Hel. He is half goat, half man in appearance, resembling a satyr from Greek mythology. He has long horns, claws, and a goat-like beard. He has a long, pointed tongue and hooves instead of feet. He's usually wrapped in, like, chains and bells. And he sort of resembles the way that the devil is depicted in a lot of paintings and illustrations. Krampus is said to beat children with birch branches or put them in his sack and bring them back to his lair. Oh, God. (laughs) Which sounds terrifying. No. Yeah, Um, who wants to be put in a sack? (laughs) (laughs) Or beaten with anything. (laughs) Yeah, branches as well. Like, it's not even, like, a good dry slap, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's using a weapon. (laughs) Pre-Christian era Krampus is said to watch over humans, protect them, and scare away evil ghosts and help people overcome their fears. The Catholic Church and conservative Christian groups tried to banish Krampus celebrations due to Krampus resembling the devil. Of course they did. At one point during the Inquisition, it was forbidden to masquerade as the devil and he was even punishable by death. Can you imagine? You like put on a costume and they're like, come to the gallows with us. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Just some poor unfortunate looking guy with a beard and a really long tongue. And they're like, no. Wearing like a sheepskin coat. (laughs) He's like, no, I was just trying something out. He's like, it's cold out. (laughs) But due to the laws about dressing up as the devil, the customs and traditions only survived in very rural areas. From there, it made its way back into popularity once it was safe again. 
the villagers were keeping it alive, holding down the fort. So there's a centuries-old folk custom called the Krampus Run or the Krampuslauf. It's held in mid-November to early December. It is usually on December 5th or 6th because that's St. Nicholas's Day. It's held in the Alpine region, which is South Bavaria, South Austria, and Slovenia. In larger places like Munich and Salzburg, Krampus runs take the form of parades, and the parades march through the Christmas markets that are held. The parades are put on by Krampuspassen, which are Krampus clubs sponsored by local businesses. They dress in Krampus costumes carved of wooden masks, pelts, and loud bells. These are interactive parades. Apparently, we'll, like, pull spectators, like, into the parade. Oh, God. And they'll, like... They'll, like, mess with their hair, or they might, like, hit them with a branch, like, to, like, be like Krampus. And I was like, I would not. No. I would be hiding. Yeah. I would be, like, in my window, like, looking out. (laughs) Um, But it just makes me wonder. I'm like, how, if they're hitting people with branches, (laughs) like, how hard are they hitting them? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, is there assault going on here? But the parade is usually led by a saint, somebody dressed as St. Nicholas and followed by tons of people dressed as Krampus, Perkton, Perkton, I think we said before, or I said before, she's the goddess of Alpine paganism. Oh. Perkton is like the, the collective word for people dressed like the goddess Perkta. And Hexen, which are witches, as well as other figures from Alpine folklore. So Perkton have four to ten horns, while Krampus only have two. Masks are made with materials such as pine wood, driftwood, horsehair, animal teeth, fur, and horns from alpine creatures. Some people will argue that Krampus is just the balance to St. Nicholas or Santa. St. Nicholas is there to reward children who have done good, and then Krampus is there to carry out justice against those who misbehave. His long, gnarled arm of the law. A long, hairy hoof of the law. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, what the hell is St. Nicholas doing this whole time? Is he just, like, turning a blind eye? <laughs> right. And Krampus is beating some guy, and Santa's like, anyway, uh, here's the toy car for your brother. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's my sidekick. I can't control him. He's the rogue one. Krampus has gone rogue. He's holding a switch. <laughs> Not the toy. <laughs> the branch. So, yeah, that was my episode uh, to touch upon different Santa-like characters. I really enjoyed it. That was cool. Thank you. One of those things that like over the years you slowly you get exposed to like one or two of these things and you kind of hear about them and you mean to go look it up and then you never actually do. Like the most I know about Krampus is from that movie and I'm not going to trust that. So that's cool to know that like there's whole festivals and clubs dedicated to doing it. Like in the same way we would have Santa. In one of the articles that I read it was saying that these like Krampus parades have gotten so popular and especially now with the invention of the internet. There is like Krampus festivals in the US now too. Oh. And apparently Los Angeles holds like a really big one which is pretty cool and then i looked up i was like are there any in chicago and i found like they do a krampus market here okay which i think is actually i don't think it's related to like krampus because if i recall correctly i know some of the people who like well i don't know them but i know of the people who hold it and it's like a it's like a play on words it's like a women's charity market and like when you come you're supposed to bring a box of like pads or tampons to donate to like women's shelters that's cool. They also do hold Krampus parties here, apparently. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I just like when traditions can, um, like, escape the boundaries of, like, where they were formed. And especially in the U.S., I feel like we don't have... I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's not a lot of, like, folklore traditions other than, like, Santa Claus. Yeah. It's cool to me that now people are, like, embracing traditions from other places. And it's something that, like, you can, like, if you have, like, that kind of heritage, you can introduce your kids and be like, this is, like, from, like, where your grandparents are from or your great-great-great-grandparents are from. And this is, this is what they would have celebrated when they were kids and now we're celebrating <laughs> I'll tell my children. And this, the spoon liquor and the door sniffer <laughs> and the yogurt gobbler or whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I have some skitter in my fridge and I'm going to be, like, thinking of it now every time Perfect. I eat some. <laughs> Okay, so I hope you enjoyed our episode on Krampus, Labafana, all those other characters. Um, We're going to hopefully be doing other Yule slash Christmas related episodes through the month of December to try to get a little festive on the podcast. We always like celebrating a festival. So um, uh, if you want to tell us about a tradition that you know of or that your family had, or even it's just a random like tradition that just your family have, we want to hear about it because uh, yeah. those are always fun. What's your Christmas tradition? What's your Yuletide? If you're a family of pot scrapers, <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> you can email us at rowanandpinepod at gmail.com. The and in that is spelled out. Um, you can find us on Instagram at rowanandpine. Also, search for us on YouTube. All of our episodes are auto-uploaded onto there, so you can let us lull you to sleep. If you want to keep up with us on Facebook and keep track of our releases, you can just search for Rowan and Pine Podcast on Facebook. I've been Emily. And I have been me. And this was Rowan and Pine. And fuck yeah, folklore. Fuck yeah, folklore. (laughs) We'll talk to you in two weeks. Good. Bye. Bye.